Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. We had recorded this podcast a few days earlier. As a quick explainer on various states now planning to enact laws against lab jihad. The term lab jihad obviously in quotes because it is not a term that has a legal basis. But these are being framed as legislations on freedom of religion and all of them want to ban conversions for the sole purpose of marriage. In the preceding weeks, the state governments of UP, Haryana and Karnataka all BJP ruled announced intentions to enact such laws and just today that's november 17th the bjp government in madhya pradesh said that it too was planning a law that could invite 5 years imprisonment for lab jihad again in quotes so the purpose of this episode is to give you a brief legal backgrounder to this in india there is a special marriages act enacted in the year 1954 and that is to facilitate the marriage of couples who profess different faiths and prefer a civil wedding without religious conversion however a lot of practical problems arise in registering such marriages the details of which we will get into in this podcast and so many couples settle for marriage under the personal law of one of them with the other opting for religious conversion and this is of course where all the political angles come into play So we'll discuss the Special Marriages Act, some of the problems associated with it, and this is important I think just to foreground this discussion as we go forward. And then we'll discuss some legal provisions already enacted in some states against conversion for the sake of marriage that these BJP ruled states may now seek to borrow from. I'm joined today by the Hindu's associate editor K Venkatramanan. Kv, uh, hi, welcome to the podcast. Um, we are recording this episode today basically to give uh, our listeners an overview on an issue that's uh, well, it's already become politically uh, quite charged, but it's likely to become even more so in the coming weeks. Um, that is the fact that um, two states uh, plus one now, basically started by UP and Haryana, have said that they want to bring in legislation against uh, what is they call in quotes lab jihad, so against um, you know uh, the marriage that involves conversion of Uh, religion so um just to give some context here um and we link to an article that you also written in the paper about this there is a special marriages act um in india 1954 that uh, basically deals with um, interfaith uh, marriages so what are the issues with that and why do uh, why does the question of this conversion then come in ah yes thanks sri ram okay uh Uh, there has been some talk about uh, uh, the intention of uh, at least three states actually to pass legislation to uh, prohibit what they call love jihad marriages you know that the phrase itself is a disparaging reference to interfaith marriages in which uh, one of them is a muslim and the insinuation being that uh, the marriage is only the lesser consideration and the reality is that they want to convert people okay uh be the reset may the uh, uttar pradesh and haryana chief ministers you know they had first talked about bringing in such a law and i think karnataka has also 
join the bandwagon. They also intend to pass such an uh, such a law. Uh, the issue is that uh, basically interfaith marriages uh, were conceived of as a, a sort of legitimate civil union in our legal code. And as early as 1954, it passed a law by which any two persons can marry uh, under that act by, you know, by as by in a secular way without you know resort to any rituals going back to any particular tradition or religion and in that context i thought that uh, is this secular regime of a civil marriage under threat and uh, that question arises only because you know there are many people say practical difficulties in uh, getting a marriage done if suppose two people from different religions want to get, get married the simplest option would be to go to the registrar and uh, register the marriage under the special marriage act it's quite simple uh, it's, so it's, uh, so it seems but what happens is that there are requirements uh, procedural requirements for registration that make it difficult for such people especially those who you know uh, fear that they would uh, incur the wrath of their families or their community by opting for such a marriage. So that is why some of them decide that it's easier to go in for a traditional marriage under the personal law of one of them, say the Hindu Marriage Act or the, the law governing Christian marriages in India. And sometimes, you know, it so happens that uh, uh, they may have to, one of them may have to convert to the religion of the other for the purpose of this, for the purpose of solemnizing the marriage alone. And this is what is irritating the right-wing political constituency in India. Right. Um, so let's just uh, some some specific hurdles in the Special Marriages Act. Um, and again, your article refers to some of it. Uh, one is, I think, there's this provision about um, you know anybody can raise an objection. Um, so how exactly does that work? Ah, it's like this. See, first of all, you know, there is the main requirement is that of a prior notice. That is, thirty days uh, notice has to be given for the intended marriage. And the marriage officer has a duty to display that notice on in a prominent place in his office. And in case one of the parties, that is the bride or the groom, is from another district, he has to transmit the details to the marriage officer of that district so that it can be displayed in the marriage office of that the, the other district also. So the primary reason is that uh, somebody should not defraud the other party by entering into a second marriage. It, that should, it was to eliminate an element of possible fraud. But what happens in reality is this, that somebody who has left their hometown to get married in another jurisdiction, you know, they virtually are forced to give notice in their, in their hometown, you know, by which, you know, there may be friends or relatives in a small town. It is possible that their names would be recognized and uh, uh, the fact that they were, it may compromise on their privacy and sometimes even their safety. So the other aspect is that the Act also says that uh, one of the reasons for displaying the names on the board is to call for objections. And as I said, even this is something to do with the possibility of fraud. You know, somebody who is already married and we do have cases in India of people, uh, you know, getting married serially to different people by concealing the fact that they are already married and sometimes they do it for money. And this element of fraud, you know, for detecting this, they incorporated a provision for calling for objections. So somebody can, uh, I, since the marriage notice register is open to the public for scrutiny at all during office hours, 
somebody can find out who is getting married and if there is an objection they can record their objection and the marriage officer has to take a call yes to consider the objections call for evidence and then uh, give a ruling and if somebody is not satisfied with the ruling say that he refuses permission or he grants permission either the objector or the party can go to the district court for an appeal so this is the system so the main problem is that the element of the two elements notice prior notice a uh, prominent display in the hometown of the uh, parties and uh, the scope for objection these are sometimes misused by elements which do not encourage interfaith marriages so this is one of the major hurdles that interfaith couples face um also um the act says that when a member of an undivided family who professes hindu buddhist uh, sikh or jain religions gets married under the special marriages act it results in his or her severance uh, from the family yeah so, uh, so you know this is very it's a very in fact it's been described by some people as a punitive provision uh, so, what so happens what is that? Is that the marriage ceremonies under this act or in an undivided family you know when they say hindu it actually covers the act specifically covers hindu buddhist sikhs and or jains okay and the effect is of severance from the family you know it is possible that in most cases if there is an interfaith marriage against the wishes of the family there there would be an element of you know separation but this formalizes it legalizes it and says that there will be, the effect of this will be severance so this has implications for property rights basically and uh, that is why many people found it find it obnoxious i mean why should you punish interfaith couple by causing severance which results in deprivation of their uh, you know property rights inheritance rights especially so that is why this subject this is also seen as a major hurdle so people who do not want to give up uh, their property or inheritance rights may opt for a marriage under regular uh, you know under personal law and that brings in the element of conversion too these are these are yet another practical hurdle to the to a marriage under the special marriage act right uh, so have any states uh, over the years kind of t- challenged any of these provisions i think kerala has uh, tried to at least discontinue the practice of uploading these uh, marriage notices yeah. See, uh, uh, they instead of a physical notice they opted for online notice and uh, it was posted on the website of the registrar but now uh, that was misused because it became easier for right wing groups to track the website every day because the notice will necessarily need to have the names of the parties and their residential addresses so based on the names and the addresses they will uh, conclude who is a hindu and who is marrying a muslim and based on that they you know they have enough details such as name and address to you know uh, get in touch with the family and try to either dissuade them or threaten them and that is where the practice has been given up and right now it is not displayed on the notice board uh, right. on the website i mean the notice board requirement is statutory so it continues yeah right um and um have any other bodies like the law commission for instance uh, sought to change any of these provisions no actually it, it is in the reverse both the central law commission and the up state law commission you know they have uh, observations on this but they are only in a very peripheral way they are not directly on this point for instance you know the one of the reasons why all this happens is that uh, the hindu marriage act allows those who have converted to hindu religion or those who have reconverted to hindu religion to marry under that act 
So, but nowhere in the act is there or in any other law, is there any provision to say, how does one convert to Hinduism? See, Christianity and Islam especially have uh, specific, you know, procedures for, uh, you know, uh, to become a Christian or a Muslim. There are there is a certifying authority, a, a priest, a Christian priest or a Maulvi or a Qazi, they can authorize or certify that a person has, you know, uh, expressed conviction in the basic tenets of Islam or Christianity and they have converted. But such a practice is not there in Hinduism. So the Law Commission in 2010 considered this question in order to give effect to this provision, which allows converts to Hinduism to marry under that act. You know, they came up with a self-certifying system where a person who converts has to give a notice to the local marriage registrar also at the same time. And he can conduct a basic inquiry as to its genuineness and then, you know, register the fact that they are converts so that it will be useful if and when they marry under uh, Hindu religion and under the Hindu Marriage Act. And that has been suggested by the Law Commission. I don't think it has taken, anybody has implemented it. On, a, on another note, what happened is the Uttar Pradesh Law Commission favors a Freedom of Religion Act, by which, which of course, in effect, is an anti-conversion law. Such a law exists already in several states, but specifically in Uttarakhand and Himachal Pradesh, the Freedom of Religion Act of these two states, they prohibit conversion for the sake of marriage, but they don't actually, uh, you know, prohibit conversion. What they do say is that a marriage solemnized for the purpose of conversion can be voided by a jurisdiction family court. In effect, you know, you it's not conversion that is invalidated, but the marriage that is invalidated if it is, uh, you know, if its so sole purpose was for conversion. And that is cited by the Uttar Pradesh Law Commission as a good example. And uh, it has recommended that as part of its Freedom of Religion Act, it can also have a similar provision to prohibit or invalidate marriages for which conversion is a dominant objective. And you should remember when we say a Freedom of Religion Act, what it says is it's an anti-conversion law and that it seeks to prohibit, uh, you know, uh, marriages obtained by fraud, inducement, uh, by misrepresentation and marriage. This, is, this word is used in both the UP and the, the Uttarakhand and the Himachal Pradesh Acts. It actually says conversion through threat, influence, and due influence, misrepresentation, and fraud, as well as by marriage, is illegal. That's an interesting provision. I understand that these two, the rules have not been framed for these acts because they are very recent. I think the Uttarakhand and Himachal Pradesh Acts were yeah. date back to 2018 and 2019. That we have to verify whether they are actually in practice. I understand the rules have not been framed, but potentially it is possible to frame rules and implement these provisions. Okay. Um, do these uh, do these legislations in Himachal and Uttarakhand arise out of the same sort of political concerns that uh, the chief minister? Uh, I mean, they, 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 this is part of a larger concern they have about uh, conversion itself. Right. Uh, okay. So they, these are basically in the. Uh, uh, in fact, our anti-conversion laws at the state level they exist. For the last 50, 60 years, there are some states uh, have it since the 60s, some since the 70s. But they don't have this element of, you know, conversion by marriage. So, um, I mean, if the if UP and Haryana and Karnataka want to come up with a legislation, I mean, this, this does this kind of provide a broad framework to do that? Yeah, they will. I suppose they will provide a, 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 they will have such a provision also. 
All right. Uh, we'll we'll wrap it up there. And KV, uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, and doing this brief explainer. I think it'll be very useful as we sort of negotiate this uh, these political developments going forward. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.